0: the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Good evening. This is Mr. McNall, and today we're going to be reading from Matthew 16. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you, Almighty God, for this word that you placed before us today. We ask the Lord that we come and sup with you and learn everything that you have for us today, Father. Lord, nourish us. Feed us, Lord. Help us in our daily walk, Father. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everyone. Let's get started. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, "When evening comes, you say it was, it will be weather. It will be fair weather. For the sky is red, and in the morning today it will be stormy." for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given. It expects the sign of Jonah. None will be given except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. The sign of Jonah. Hmm. Jonah and the whale. Okay. Jesus warns against wrong teachings. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. (laughs) Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, Why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves from the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you do not understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, I want to, it's funny how this came up today. Uh, I happened to be on my Facebook page today. And something came up uh, on the page. And it really disturbed me. Uh, Normally, some things I'll pass by and I don't even acknowledge. But this really rocked me to the core. Um, And it fell right along these lines. Someone was on their advertising about basically about their church, that was one thing. And secondly, about how they had found a way to make millions of dollars uh, off teaching people (laughs) about God. And that just, ooh, even now it bothers me. Because God didn't make any money off his ministry. He made some But that was offerings that people gave. And he does say that you should give your pastor or priest or whoever it is an offering, okay? You shouldn't come empty-handed. However, he didn't say make millions off his word. His word is free. It's free for you. And those who teach and preach, the laymen out there, They do it willingly with their hearts out of love for him and for everyone else. And there should not be an exchange of mountains of money for you to teach the word of God. You're selling his word. You're not really interested in teaching. And those people fall under the line of hypocrites, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Okay, I just want to say that real quick, because that did come into place. Do not think if you're going uh, into the ministry that oh, I'm going in here and I'm going to make a lot of money because if that is your if that is what's in your mind then you're not working for God you're working for the adversary because you're after the money you're not after teaching someone the love of God or to teach them about the kingdom of God you're not wanting to teach them how to have a relationship with God Okay let's move on to 16:13 And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ." the Son of the Living God. And Jesus replied, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the great and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Keep it to yourself. If people know who you are before you get there, then the battle is the battle is over. Okay, because. The idea was that he would bring them good news, not for them to say, oh, here comes the Christ. He's going to save us. Oh, he's going to heal us. No, they need to be nourished first. They need to know truly who he is, not run after him for gang's sake. Jesus uh, predicts his death the first time. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be risen to life. But Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling-block to me. You do not have a mind. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. The things of men. Hmm. Absolutely. Because Jesus was not afraid of death. He knew he had come to this earth to die. That is man's dilemma. Man fears death. Um... Let's move on. 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone comes after me, he must deny life. I'm sorry. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Forfeits his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Because his soul doesn't mean anything to other men. Say, his soul means something to the owner of it, God. For the son, a man is going to come to his father's glory with his angels, and then he will, re- he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death. Before they see the son of man, the son of God, I'm sorry. Um, Let me reread that 28. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Okay. Okay. Many a people who have died have said they saw the Lord. They saw a shining light. Think about that. Um, 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brothers of James, the brother of James, and led them up a mountain by themselves, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses, Elijah, talking with Jesus. Now, these men were in the Spirit with the Lord. These things happen in the Spirit. When you leave, And when I say leave, you leave spiritually and connect with the spiritual realm. These are the things that you see and hear. And this is what these men saw and heard. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus replied, To be sure Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer at the hands, at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus heals a possessed boy. Now, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. On unbelieving and perverse generation. Uh, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. Hmm, let's go back over that. He said, He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or in water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Now, he says, "O unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demons, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why shouldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. Faith as, faith as small as a mustard seed. Mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds on the face of the earth. Okay? You barely see it. Doesn't take that much faith, is what he's saying. But they had very little. They had less than the mustard seed. If they had faith, they would have been able to heal his son. You can say to the mountains, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men they will kill him and on the third day he will be raised raised to life and the disciples were filled with grief after jesus and his disciples arrived in capernaum the collectors of the two of the two tax came to peter and asked doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax Yes, he does. He explained when Peter came into the house. Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked From whom do the king of the earth collect dirty and collect duty and taxes from their own sons or from others from others, Peter answered. Then the sons are exempt, Jesus said to him, but so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you caught, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Like, he could have given him the, he could have given it to him right then and there, but he had him go fish for it, much like fishing for men. Hmm. Okay. There was a lesson in that. Hmm. <clears throat> Chapter 18 At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child and had him standing among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like this little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Notice he said, humbles themselves. Not being loud, not being boisterous, right? Not being pushy, not being arrogant. He said, humble. And he said, unless you're humble, you won't enter into the kingdom. Check yourselves, everyone. If you're not humble, you're in danger. Okay? Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name, welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little children who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So... If you know someone is a believer and they're humble, meek, quiet, loving, kind, and you pick at them, you do things to them just to get a row, you think it's funny, hear what the Lord is saying. It'd be better if you had just put a rock around your neck and drowned yourself. <coughs> All right, let's move on to 18.7. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life... uh, to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two leg uh two excuse me two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire and If your eye causes you to sin, gorge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angel in heaven always sees the faces, always sees the face, excuse me, A father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hill and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that he did not that did not wander off, in the same way your in the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So that should say something to you when you're going through struggles, you're going through things, and you know that you're a child of God but things are knocking at your front and back door. Don't give in and don't give up. And don't allow others to take advantage. Because when they do, or if they do, okay, what does it say about the Father? In the same way your Father in Heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So he's looking after you 24-7, placing angels around you to see to it that you don't get lost, even if it means he has to redirect your course. 15. If your brother sins against you, Go and show him his fault, just just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother's brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established. by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, mm -mm, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Now, let's back up a little bit. i back up just a little bit. Okay, the Lord says, um, first of all, he talks about... Uh, <clears throat> if a person doesn't listen to you, treating them like uh, pagans or tax collectors. Well, tax, <laughs> everybody knows when the tax collectors come around, um, you don't have much to say to them. You just pull out what you owe them and give it to them. You really hate to see them come. Okay? Uh, pagans, pretty much no one, at that time would be around a pagan because they weren't of the same religious ethics, okay um, so there you have it, little to no communication with them other than what was necessary um, then he also says. I gonna tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, two of you, just two, agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by the Father in heaven. So if you come and pray with someone else about a situation and you believe and you're asking in your belief that the Lord is going to, handle that situation, then it will be done. Um, He also says, uh, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I. Why? Because of your believers, he's in me, he's in her, and he's in him, okay? There's three of y'all, or maybe it's three women or three men. However the case be, if you're all believers, who's in the mix? God. He's right there because all three of you are there. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's finish up. Uh, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Up to seven times is what he says. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times. Not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Okay, seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owned his ten counts with his servant. As he began the settlement, a man who owned his 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged and I will pay back everything. And the servant master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me he demanded. His fellow servant felt his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused, instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed And went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? He wanted someone to give him mercy. But he didn't want to give anyone else mercy. And we see that all throughout the world. People not being merciful to others. They want things for themselves, but they don't want others to have those same things. Okay? Um, When things go wrong, they want people to understand And then they turn around and don't do the same. Okay. Share the burden. Share the wealth. Share the success. Okay. Um, Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancel all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have done the same on your fellow servants, just as I had on you? In anger, his servant turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owned. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother. From your heart. Hmm. You understand that? You want God to be merciful? You have to be merciful. If you're not merciful about things, then God's not going to be merciful. You're holding a grudge against a friend or a family member. You need to drop that. You need to start showing some love and refrain. You need to forgive and forget it. It's past due. It's over with. And God is not pleased with you holding on to it. Okay. Um, we're going to stop here and we will pick up again tomorrow on uh, chapter 19. All right, everyone, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you for the nourishment of this food today. Father, we thank you for helping us and teaching us. We thank you for watching over us. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you continue to teach us, continue to work with us, Lord. Continue to feed us your word. And let us, Father, be a blessing, not just to ourselves, but to others that we come in contact with. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Minister MacNoon's thing. Have a blessed evening.